So welcome again to Agile Coffee. This is episode 15, 1-5. Good to have so many of them behind us and in the book. Speaking of books, we will be talking about this book today. I'll leave that to John to discover with us. I'm joined by, once again, uh, Mr. Dale Ellis. Good morning, Dale. Hello. And Dale can be reached on Twitter at the Digital Dale. Larry Lawhead. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Glad to be here. So Larry has an email address, lawhead5 at hotmail.com. Dr. Dave, good to have you back. It's always great to be here. It's great to see you guys and hang out. Thanks for lunch yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dave Cornelius can be reached at Dr. Cornelius Info on Twitter. And John Jorgensen. Well, it's always a pleasure and an adventure, so I'm excited for what, the, what lies in store today. Yeah, John is available to everyone in the world, globally and possibly beyond, no matter who via you are. Twitter, at Water Scrum Bomb. That's true. I'm Vic Bonacci, at Agile Coffee, and we're happy to have you here. That was a long introduction, guys, but uh, I wanted to test out my new equipment. I've got a new board, a mixing board here today. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be a great day for Agile, a great day for coffee. Uh, let's see. What do we talk about first, fellas? We've got some cards in front of us on the table, but before that, I suppose I should ask if anyone's got some Agile news. Yes, yeah, so we have about 20 copies, as many copies as we need, actually, of the Phoenix Project in hardbound cover by Gene Kim, Kevin Bear, and George Spafford. And these were a gift from, from Gene himself, who presented in El Segundo about two weeks ago. He made a presentation of the metrics that drive high performance in Fortune 500 teams, or I'm sorry, Fortune 500 companies' uh, teams, mostly related to uh, DevOps. So this is uh, just something for everybody who's interested in DevOps to, to read uh, free of charge. Thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, Appreciate so the it. Phoenix Project, um, yeah, I can't say enough about it. I read it on the Kindle earlier, and I heard him talk at Agile 2013 uh, after he just released the book, published the book. And so, yeah, huge thanks to uh, Gene Kim and the gang to deliver us uh, copies of these books. Yep, first rate. Yeah. Well, we've got a number of cards on the table. I'll just read through them, and you fellas know the trick. When I read your topic, go ahead and give us a one- or two-sentence summary on it, and then we'll, uh, then we'll do some prioritization. So first up, estimation and tracking velocity in Kanban. Dale. Yeah, that's mine. I had a question about some techniques that are good for that for companies that where they, and I know that there's a, a movement afoot to avoid estimation in Kanban, but in environments where uh, they really require that and need some kind of capacity forecasting, uh, what are the what are some good techniques for doing that? Nice. Next we have, how do you vote when you cannot see your team? Yeah, that's mine. And I had an interesting problem this week. I was meeting with my online, of course, uh, me- meeting with my QA team, and we were discussing. I wanted to get this. I got this uh, self-organizing momentum going. We were talking, and then we're ready to vote. And usually, you hold up your hand or you do something. Yeah. And it occurred to me, I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next topic, various reward ideas. Various reward Oh, ideas. that's mine, yes. Uh, I wanted to get some more ideas about how I could keep my team motivated by mm-hmm. uh, uh, through different reward systems. Dale has a topic, organizing daily meetings in Kanban techniques. 
Yeah, you know, the uh, the traditional technique for scrum meetings is what did you do yesterday, what are you going to do today, and if there's anything blocking you. And I understand that that, that may not be the best format for conducting a daily meeting in a Kanban environment, mm-hmm. and I was looking for some extra techniques for that. Good. Who wrote this card? Whatever happened to software engineering best practices? Oh, that's me. I, I found that we're, we've stopped talking about uh, software best practices, and um, we've gone away from, from a lot of that. So I wanted to make sure that we bring that back into the forefront, that uh, we still need great software engineering best practices to create great software. What value can a coach scrum master provide after supporting a team to be self-organizing and self-managing? Uh, that's also my topic. Um, just I know we talked about that briefly yesterday. Sometimes we feel like we're not adding value after our teams are just zinging along. So mm-hmm. what else can we do to add value to the organizations and even to the team? Sure. Next topic, having fun with self-organizing teams. Uh, that was mine also. I've been having a lot of fun with my self-organizing team, and I wanted to get some more ideas of how to keep the momentum going. I'm pre-voting this one with two of my Yeah. Test cases in Agile Scrum. When, how, and detail? Yeah. I uh, was wondering, in environments where you may have user stories that, that have a lot of complex test case needs, how do you document them? What are some tools? What are some techniques for that? To what degree should you go into detail about documenting test cases? Okay. Finally, starting a Toastmasters International Club at a software or agile organization. And that's also uh, from Dr. Dave. It's, um, you know, we just kicked off a new club out at the Industrial Automation Software Company who practiced out uh, a scale agile framework. And um, it would be interesting to see... Um, the outcome of that, where you, where you, where you have uh, teams from multiple organizations come together, learning, growing, becoming better communicators and leaders. All right. So now we've got a full slate of topics in front of us. I'm very excited because uh, I've got a new timer in front of me as well, <laughs> not only the mixing board. So in our Agile Coffees here, we have a, a lean coffee format. I've got the Kanban board on the table here, the personal Kanban, with the rows of Uh, to do, doing, and done. The doing column will be the topic that we discuss, and we're going to time box each topic at, what do we normally say, five minutes? Yeah, five sounds good. Uh, At the end of five minutes, we'll do a Roman vote up or down to extend it another two minutes, three minutes or so uh, until we're done talking about it. Then we'll move on to the very next topic. So with that, the timer has been set, and our first topic, uh, Larry, I believe this is yours. It says, Having fun with self-organizing teams. I've been having a blast with this, uh, with my team. Um, and I come from a, a traditional project management background where the project manager maps out everything, plans pretty much, he's responsible for planning everything. So I've gone around to the stakeholders, collected whatever ideas I was supposed to collect for whatever document I was trying to create. I came up with the plan, and then you have to go back to your team and sell the team on the plan, and Definitely. it's just a back and forth, and ah. And so I had a problem, and my mind already started thinking of solutions, and I thought, no, no, this is a self-organizing team. I will not think of it. I'm awesome. going to present the team with the problem and ask them to come up with a solution. And it took them about 25 minutes, and they came up with a plan that was far better than any plan that I would have come up with. Wisdom of crowds. Oh, yeah. And so I, I gave him all kinds of compliments and um, made him feel like heroes because they were. They solved a problem that we had, and they solved it well. And then 
the best part was I pushed the plan up to upper management and they were just elated. So, but I didn't take credit for it. I said, no, no, the team came up with this. And it also try, it also sold Agile a little bit more to upper management, mm-hmm. who has been somewhat skeptical. And, and, you know, one other technique that you could use to get the team more involved in, in, is to use some retrospectives. Yep. The whole process of, of the, that Diana Larson uh, came up with the five stages um, of setting the stage, gathering data, generating insight, making a decision, and closing the retrospective, that you could use exactly those same principles and walk the, t- the team collectively to gather information. So I, I use a lot of that because there are a, a lot of the, the, the practices that are involved with um, retrospectives come from the other disciplines, like the KJ mm-hmm. method, where you come together as a team and come up with ideas. Um, you have five whys for root cause analysis. You have Ichikawa. So you have all of these well-established practices that you could also implement that helps you to set up scheduling, ideation, um, b- building consensus. So um, that's another method that people tend to forget about, that we can still use their practices for not just improving the team, but also for new ideas and for problem solving. Fun is so important in the workplace. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone wants to have fun at work. I mean, it's not all about ping pong and, you know, pinball machines and, you know, going out after every night and having a good time with the team. I mean, that's a part of it, but just... You want to be energized and come into work and feel like you could do your best on any given day and, and feel the complete trust and confidence of your team and uh, know that they're going to do their best and, and support you along the way if you get stuck. So You know, at the uh, recent Agile Open, SoCal Agile Open, uh, Mike Boniker was one of the attendees, and he ran a workshop on improv yeah. and how it could be used for ideation, problem solving, you name it. And he, I mean, he's very polished. He's, he's the consummate professional and has, I mean, big accounts, Fortune 500, probably, I, I would guess the Gap and Nike and you name it, right? So he, imp- he introduces his system, which is, you know, it has business application, but also we did some exercises. And, you know, we're human beings um, simulating a machine that does something and, and you know, looking at, what can we learn from our improvised, you know, representation of that team? Anyways, I was going through Amazon, and I found, actually, his book is at Amazon. You can you can buy it uh, online. It's called Game Changers, which is the name of his site, GameChangers.com. And uh, I've already ordered it. Uh, this is my... Um, is my account page at Amazon. It's it's on its way. So really great ideas, I think, in here for having fun as a team. Yeah, to, to add more to that, um, he came up with a system called Ergo, which is environment, roles, goals, and objectives. And so it, within that system, he talked about deciding to build identity, heating, listening to all of the, the senses, uh, learning, talking about solutions, engagement for community, selling, which is marketability, and creating is innovation. But I, I found that it was interesting when we had to communicate with each other using Gibbridge. Oh, yeah. I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> where we're all yippee da It was fun. And then switch to really and then switch back. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I'm doing that with my daughter now. Yeah. <laughs> it's really creative. Yes. And it's fun. You learn so much about what makes uh, your teammates tick and um, strong bonding going on. I, I highly uh, recommend whatever whatever Michael Boniker is doing. He's got a blog on that website. Yeah. I'm I'm really anxious to read. So there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. 
Kiyagi has games, but a lot of books on games yeah. too. So yeah, and then uh, Tasty Cupcakes is great for uh, yeah. for games and which you want to use during different types of meetings and, and whatnot. But in general, is there any um, any secret or any lingering question, maybe, or, or uh, you know, like I said, a secret, something that we can take from this and uh, and use to have fun with our our group? I think it's just the idea, and it came came through very clearly to me that. Uh, the people who do the work know the work the best. Yes. So why in the world am I telling them how to do their job when they already know how to do their job? Mm-hmm. Just let them do it, let them express it, let them organize it. Yeah. But you know what's interesting is that um, when you have very experienced people on your team, mm-hmm. often they're the resistors to having fun. I've found that. <laughs> I, I, I've yeah. just experienced that uh, recently where I've introduced all of these new ways of, of, of doing retrospectives to the team. And you're treating us like babies. We don't want to talk about weather reports. <laughs> we, you know, like, come on, guys. No, Dale's nodding his head so much, I think you're, it's going to fly off your neck. <laughs> yeah. go, go on, Dale. Well, no, I, uh, I've, I've had that experience, too, with uh, the people who are, if they've been in the business a long time, and, and they're especially if they're new to any kind of agile techniques, I mean, you've been working in waterfall environments, or sometimes if they're if they are from cultures from from other continents where yeah. they don't have our same sense of of of, asp- of aspiring to have fun in the workplace, yeah, they tend to think it's it's like it's why are we doing this? This is a waste of time. Yeah, and, and the question is, is is how do you get around that? How do you convince those individuals that? What you're really doing is, is these are team building activities, right? And and it's not to make fun of individuals no, no, no. Or, or just to waste time, but they're team building activities where you could build trust and you could have open dialogue. I, I think that that was uh, the, the, you hit the nail on the head with trust. It, you you need to if you're going to engender uh, trust and and build this concept of a safe environment. You need to take some risks yourself as the leader, expose some of your own vulnerabilities, and then the skeptics, I think, kind of watch on the sidelines as the rest of the team rallies around that and takes courage a little bit to maybe expose some of their vulnerabilities and really enjoy the connection that happens there. All right, that about wraps up that topic. If you have anything to say on the topic of having fun with self-organizing teams, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag Agile Coffee. Next up, we have a topic. Uh, Dale, this one's yours. It says, it says, organizing daily meetings in Kanban techniques. Right. This gets back to the explanation that I gave a little earlier. I'm in an environment where we're going to be uh, adopting Kanban for at least one of our projects, and I'm wondering what are some of the best techniques for conducting daily meetings? Are, are daily stand-ups even necessary in Kanban? Can people just look at the board, whether it's whether it's paper or electronic, and get by with that? And you can have meetings on, on a less frequent cadence. Uh, and if you do need daily meetings, what are some good ways to conduct them? I, I understand that the... the the typical scrum technique of what did you do yesterday, what are you going to do today, and if there's anything blocking you, that, that technique may not be the best for, for Kanban. So does anybody have any ideas, suggestions on that? Well, one thing that I can say from experience is that Kanban teams do have stand-ups. And I guess you know the question about whether you ask the three traditional questions depends on how interrelated the teams are. So... 
the Kanban board actually describes some of those questions. When you have something ready to pull from one right. phase to the next, that's already saying, like, okay, that's my next work is to pull from, from ready for pull. And, you know, if there's, if there's something that they need, uh, some input or question, then I, I would say that that's the best forum. But one thing that you can do is schedule the meeting anyway, and when everybody shows up and says, nothing to report here, it's all on the board, they say, great, thanks, talk to you tomorrow. You just wave the meeting. That should happen almost, I think, in any system. I would say think about community and not give up in community because one of the reasons for having that daily stand-up is a touch point. Mm -hmm. Make sure everyone is okay, is everyone at work. Um, are there things and, and like you said you know if you use the, the, the three columns of the Kanban board you know, what, what you have to do what's work in progress and what's done I mean that should be enough to get everyone on the same page make sure everyone understands what work needs to be done and, and if there's nothing to discuss then yeah you guys just hit two of the, uh, yeah. the principles of lean eliminating waste and yeah. respect for people, people. Yeah. Um, is Kanban written into lean or where did Kanban come from how did it join the whole practice of lean? So uh, my understanding is that Dave Anderson came up with it maybe in the early 2000s, and he, I think he did draw on the old lean of manufacturing, yep. and it, it's kind of it's kind, it's of, kind of accidental. He, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't actually intend on it, and somebody came to him afterwards and said, uh, you know, this, this, this technique that you're using at Microsoft is very similar to Kanban. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He, you know, his his book describes a story of of how he came up with I guess you could say the the card or the token uh, kanban because kanban means board it doesn't right. mean signal signal card yeah um, but in any case developing this flow and limited whip was I, I don't think his in, innovation I think that that predated his books oh yeah I mean a lot of those things you just you could go all the way back to the days of the military, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you would find boards where you have flow of work mm-hmm. that has been around for a long time. And, and most people um, give credit to um, the t- Toyota way mm-hmm. for, for bringing along a lot of those principles. But they've been around for a long time. I, I just think that a lot of the, the, the new authors have come up with new innovative ways of using those old principles and bringing them forward to uh, market for, for most of us to use in our daily practices. Right. So when we say Kanban, a lot of times um, I often think of just three columns. So, for example, in our lean coffee format, we are using the three columns of to do, doing, and done. However, in uh, manufacturing especially uh, and in the business world throughout, uh, more columns are typically um, used. So what are some of the other columns that, that you might use with your teams? Well, in our environment, from what I've seen, we're going to have several. We'll have a analysis column where a business analyst is is going to refine the user story or the product backlog item, uh, and, and bring more clarity the, to it. The farthest so, left one, the yep, first one. In the, okay. Yeah, that will be one of the that will be one of the first columns, and then it'll go into uh, the development column, and then a QA column, and then it'll probably have a. Uh, uh, maybe a ready for build, uh, depending if the, uh, that's a possibility. Uh, definitely, you'll have a UAT column for when it goes through the product owner for acceptance testing uh, there, and then like a ready for production, production. So we'll have so the way it's shaping up is that we're going to have several columns like that. Yeah. It won't just be simple three. And uh, the one of the, the techniques that I've heard about uh, for conducting daily 
stand-up meetings in Kanban is to uh, techniques of walking the board either forward or backwards and going mm-hmm. through uh, the, the backlog items that are on the board uh, and then either addressing all of them or sometimes if that takes too long, you only address the problem children. Yeah, and I would say that that activity, it's not so much to communicate or remind people about what's going on as much as maybe ideate about what are the risks and impediments that we're facing that we haven't documented yet. And by the way, I mean, I should say that the the lean movement and the Toyota system, it it did have this daily stand-up where people are in a circle talking. um, They call it chode or asakai. And it's just, it's the way that you start your morning by definition there. Nice. Asakai and and chode. chode. The construction company does that every day. Yeah, I bet, right? (laughs) It's the same, a lot of the same principles. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that brings this topic to a close. That was really good. I learned some stuff. I always like learning stuff. (laughs) Stuff. So a few more topics to go. You can visit our show notes for this and all episodes online at agilecoffee.com. This is agilecoffee.com, episode 15. The next topic up on our board says, how do you vote when you cannot see your team? How do you vote? <laughs> that's, that's mine. And I was confronted this week with a, with a problem. I was, working, um, I was working my QA team through, a, through an issue. And we were, ideas were flying everywhere. And I thought, okay, great. Now we've got a handful of proposals here. Let's vote on them. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, I, I can't see their hands. <laughs> How do we do this? So what, what I did was I said, okay, it's very important. Everybody has to, vo- has to voice their opinion. And so we worked it through. It took a little longer than just raising your hand or, you know, doing the five-finger fist vote or whatever. But it worked. But I thought I gotta. I'd like to have some input on this. Well, there's there's a few different ways to to do that. I mean, Outlook for for one, mm-hmm. you know, has a voting tool that that's built in. That so you could pretty much send out a message to all of the members, and they could vote yay nay. Or you, matter of fact, you can set up different intervals that you would like. But also, if you're using WebEx or any of those other type of tools, that they give you the opportunity for people to vote in different topics. And if you're using the chat method, so that, that's one way to, to get around that electronically. Yeah. I, I, I myself have used um, text chat, and every when I just say, okay, so it's a vote, put in your votes, you know, they can type 3 to 2.1, oh, yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I, I also found myself um, transferring those votes into Excel sheets because I'm usually asking for, you know, what in, in a scale of 1 to 5, what do you think the return on investment of time was for you in this specific meeting? And, and then I would track, I would average it, and I would track it. Why not just have a Google Docs, a, a spreadsheet open with yeah. names, names in the rows, and you've got dates in the columns, and you're just asking them, okay, so we're all in Google Docs. Fill in your vote you know, for this meeting, and you've got a running tally, and obviously... You'll find trends with pivot tables and all kinds of things like that. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, moving on then. We've got a topic that says, what value can a coach or scrum master provide after supporting a team to be self-organizing and self-managing? Hey. It, it's one of those topics that, you know, I wrestle with at times that I am, as I'm coaching teams and, and you know, like, wow, everything is going great. <laughs> now no, what do I do? And, and so I'm always looking for, for things to do of how do I engage the team more, how do I help 
other team members. And one thing that I did um, this week was put on a two-hour lunch and learn on ag- advanced yeah. agile retrospectives. Nice. And I'm like, hey, let me bring all of the scrum masters together in, in the organization in one room for two hours, feed them some pizza and sodas, and uh, really go through the, the process of teaching them how do we do retrospectives and engage the members of our team? Because I, I find that often that as a, a coach, you get into this space where you're going like, well, now what? Um, am I adding value? Am I not? Add-? And then you start self-doubting. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Well, if I'm not adding enough value, I'm not moving the team anymore. Um, am I still needed here? You start asking those questions. So I, I just wanted to know what your experiences as well so in in my experience the the greatest value that you can add both when the teams are flying high and when they're kind of feeling low is sharing success stories specific quotes of team members that maybe don't communicate as much to team members of other other teams and rolling it up into a story format and then, you know, presenting that in some way uh, on a team-by-team basis or an individual-to-individual basis because we don't generally feel empowered, and I'm speaking as a team member, we don't feel empowered to say, hey, I did this cool thing, or, you know, my, my, my developer or my tester, he did this cool thing because it sounds a little bit, what's the word, um, kind of boasting it sounds it sounds prideful but we need these stories we need to know that there are people that we you know see in the same building or in the same organization that that are having success with different things do we also look at at opportunities for integration Mm -hmm. we we always have a lot of integration activities that are taking place because when you build a product it's not like the product rolls itself out so do we look at opportunities for integration and coaching with with, with other teams who may not mm-hmm. practice, you know, Agile or Scrum or SAFE mm-hmm. or one of those mechanisms. I mean, are we looking at some of those opportunities for working with marketing and training mm-hmm. to, to get them engaged as well? So um, I'm reaching as oh, where else can we add value besides just working with, with our immediate teams as well? Gemba, just getting out, walking, walking the around. floor, finding other ways that you can um, f- make efficiencies in the workplace. So rounding up people for... What they call this the um, walkabout. Mm-hmm. You know, walking around the building maybe four or five times and orchestrating the matching. So, you know, two individuals on separate teams and say, You guys don't cross over much, do you? No. Great. Now, match up and, and walk about. And you'd be surprised when people think, Well, I can speak with impunity because this person isn't likely to ever be involved in any of my work. And so, they might even not be a competent authority in the technology I'm in, but it's kind of like a fishbowl. You can you can talk to them and yeah. see how they respond. And then the other thing is for the scrum masters, what if you encourage the scrum masters to do paired coaching on their own team or swapping in and out for, for teams so that the team gets fresh exposure to new perspectives of a different scrum master just for a day or for one ceremony? Yeah. No, no, those are all interesting topics uh, uh, for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you feel that way. I mean, do yeah, you ever do. feel that way? Absolutely, at both extremes. Yeah. When things are going horribly and when things are going awesome, I feel that same way. 
All right, then. Uh, that's, uh, that's a great topic. Before we go on, I did want to once again uh, thank Gene Kim at The Real Gene Kim on Twitter for uh, copies of the Phoenix Project book. We've got a number of other topics that we can dive into, but I wanted to um, take this opportunity to introduce a new part of the program. Uh-huh. Lightning crashes, thunder, <laughs> shrieking in the background. Ah, that's right, it's called Wake Up the Zombies. Wake Up the Zombies is a new feature, and I'm going to turn it over to you, John. See what you could do with this topic. Okay, well, so sometimes, you know, we, we, we overlook the obvious, in my opinion, and I saw a post in uh, Facebook. It's an article entitled, Robots with Morals Make Surprisingly Deadly Decisions, and it's where one robot is supposed to be protecting two other robots, which represent humans, from crashing into a hole on a playing field. And what happens is that the the robot goes and tries to save one and then realizes that there's another and goes back to the other and never saves either robots. They say, so robots fail. Well, the point is, actually, it's not the robot's failure. It's the programmer's failure. In other words, what the robot did, did not do is not fail to act. Rather, it it's tried to multitask. And... Human beings and robots both need to do one thing at a time, accomplish one objective for one user, and then go on to the next user or the next task. And so I don't know why we miss this point, but we should focus on flow. Limited whip, limited work in progress. Waking up zombies worldwide. Thank you, John. You bet. Once again, reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag TellAgileCoffee. If you have a question, use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee. You can always check into our website. In fact, for the show notes of this particular episode, you should go to AgileCoffee.com slash episode 15. That's episode and the number's 1-5. But before we let everyone go, uh, John, can you tell our listeners how they can get a copy of The Phoenix Project? Sure. Well, it's really simple. You know, use the hashtag TellAgileCoffee to... Give us a topic that you would like us to cover related to the book and tweet about this podcast. And the first five people who do that get this hardbound edition of The Phoenix Project. Great. Uh, So we want to thank Gene Kim once again for giving us copies of uh, his book, The Phoenix Project. It's a great book um, from the same authors of the Visible Ops Handbook. Uh, They've written a novel about IT, DevOps, and helping your business win. So if you get a copy and you've already got a copy, pass it along to your your local DevOps guy. Absolutely. And then separate from that, you know, Agile Coffee's been going a while, and we were just thinking maybe there are some corporate sponsors that would like to get the exposure of helping us reach out to the community in any field, be it technology or just uh, facilitation, etc. So if there are sponsors or potential sponsors out there, go ahead and reach out to us. Let's have that conversation. Yeah, give John or myself a, a, a tweet on Twitter. I'm at Agile Coffee, and John is at Water Scrumbon. We'd love to hear from anyone and see how we can work with uh, sponsors and get your word out as well. So thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode. Come back next time, won't you, and see what's brewing at Agile Coffee. Agile. Coffee.